When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with someone who's put together a legendary career and his uh, his solo work and his uh, work, of course, with Fleetwood Mac and so many other uh, uh, bands and projects and whatever. Billy Burnett is our very special guest, and uh, we we talked to him on a sad occasion. And uh, Christine McVie, uh, R.I.P. Wow, uh, just all morning you're hearing the uh, the tributes, proper tributes, and that are, that are coming out for the uh, the the great, uh, wonderful uh, singer, keyboardist uh, for for Fleetwood Mac, and so much more. And uh, again, without further ado, let me bring in Billy Burnett. Billy, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Frank. How are you today? I'm I'm doing great. Um, look, I I know you know I know people uh, were expecting, but it's it's uh, it's so much different from us from the outside. But someone like uh, like you, it's got to be a, a bittersweet day. Uh, in in one sense, you you get to talk uh, about the greatness and the uh, and and the wonderful legacy she leaves behind. But you lost a friend here. I've been listening to it all morning. I've been listening to stuff that I did with Christine, and it goes back to the early '80s. You know, when I uh, when I got to know her and in Fleetwood Mac. You know, so it's a super sad day, but it's uh, she was she was like an angel, Christine. So I'm sure she's with them now. You know. You know, you said that you you go back to the uh, uh, the early '80s. I know you joined after Lindsay left the band. Um, I, I saw you on 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 two of the tours uh, soon after that. It must have been eighty eight and eighty nine. You were just you were absolutely great. Uh, is that basically when you had joined the band uh, in in eighty uh, eight? I joined eighty seven on the Tango and the Night tour. Ah. And we did uh, the first thing we recorded was one of Christine's songs called uh, "As Long as You Follow" for the Greatest Hits album and. Uh, that was the first time I recorded with them, and then I went on the road with them on uh, the Tango and the Night Tour, and did two or three other, three or four other world tours with them. Yes, Billy, how much different was it playing with them uh, prior to '87 than uh, than when you were actually a fixture in uh, in the band? Was uh, it, was it uh, was it much different? Well, being a musician in that band, that. Uh, particular Fleetwood Mac was the the groove that John McBee, Christine uh, McBee, and that Mick Fleetwood had was so deep. It was like uh, the only thing I can think of was the, that groove. It was they had a, a pocket that was as tight as they were in real life, you know. So it was like just the uh, the chemistry between them was amazing, and I was blessed. To be even a part of that scene, it was it was so great. What what can you tell us about Christine McVie that 
that maybe uh, doesn't get talked about enough in your uh, in your opinion, uh, in in your mind? Uh, what's some of the underrated aspects of Christine and her life? Christine was an amazing musician. She was uh, she was a school musician and kind of you know held all the band together with the. She was like the glue of the band, actually, with her keyboard and her hands were like really special. She was uh, her whole thing. Her whole thing was just positive, funny, and strong. She was a strong lady, and I will miss her. She taught me so much, and she was so great to work with. And I'm, I'm just blessed to be a part of of her life and to call her my friend. You know, uh, Billy, do you remember? Uh, your first impression of of first meeting her, uh, anything that stands out to you? I remember I met her. She'd been, she was at McCleewood's house on the drums, playing the drums, and I walked in and we instantly headed off and became amazing friends. And we we did so much music and so much, we laughed so much, and we'd have we'd had so much fun on these tours. It was, uh, we almost had too much fun. <laughs> I mean, if there's such a thing, but it's, um, it was like that with Christine. She was, you know, very, very strong personality, very gracious and humble, and she was just an incredible woman. If you could give us a little on the uh, on the 2022 album Songbird, uh, give us a little bit about it, and and if you can give us kind of uh, your review from the inside and and the outside. That was a record that we wrote at Christine's house in uh, in Kent, England, uh, and she had a little pub there on her property, and we had so much fun writing it. Uh, it was just like always with Christine. So it's like uh, now it's that song has been on two of her albums, and it's one of my favorites I've written with Christine. It's uh, it's a song called "Giving It Back," and uh, it was with George Hawkins, Christine McVie, and myself uh, wrote that song. And it was uh, I'm really proud of that for her in my uh, to be a part of that. I'm blessed to be even a part of that record. Well, listen, uh, you, you're, you're very gracious. Uh, you add so much. I, I've always loved your playing. You as a musician, you've just been absolutely uh, absolutely fantastic I, on, on everything I, I, I've ever heard you on. You've just been terrific. I've always you play with a lot of passion on stage. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, as thank far you, as, Greg. Yeah, a, thank you. Yeah, well, listen, I mean it sincerely. Uh, as far as Christine McVie goes, is, is there a lot of unheard material are there a lot of uh songs that uh we just never heard as a public i mean now with pro tools being what it is or logic or home studios was she the type who had her own setup and could she roll out of bed and just record something is there a lot of material from christine we, that we've never heard you know i don't know how much is out there i don't know how much is out there but there's got to be some bits and pieces because we were at it all the time. I can remember Christine, we always, when we get together, it was always musical, and we always come up with something or write something or make something new up, and she just come in with the studio with these great ideas, and she had such a great voice, and she was, 
she had a spirit about her in these songs that you know transcends through everything. So she's she was an amazing artist. Like I said before, I've I've been blessed to be a part of her life and to call her one of my best friends ever. You know, I know uh, it's so early afterwards, but are, are you uh, are you hearing talk about uh, tributes, whether albums, whether um, concerts, uh, different uh, things usually come up right away. Are, are you privy to any of that at this point, or is it still too early? It's still too early. I don't. I haven't talked to anyone yet about it. Like I heard, I got a greeting from Mick Fleetwood yesterday uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, he, uh, him and I have done a little project together, a new record that I just put together that I'm going to put out here soon. So uh, that's Mick Fleetwood and myself. And I heard from him right before the news came in about Chris yesterday. So when I got the message from him, he hadn't heard yet what had happened to Christine. And I think it was a surprise and a shock. And you know, left a big hole in all of our hearts, you know, all over the world. Well, uh, Billy Burnett, I'm not going to keep you uh, uh, much longer. i just uh, thrilled to talk to you. And again, uh, bittersweet. Uh, first of all, you get a, a, to talk and positive uh, um, uh, tribute uh, about Christine McVie, a, a legend. Uh, and, and at the same time, you, you lost a friend. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you when your new album comes out, Billy. I'm sure it's going to be great. Do you have a website or a social media site where we can follow along I with do. what you're it, doing? It, it, it. Yeah, a lot of that stuff you can find on my website is billyburnett.net. All right. B- Billy, congratulations on an amazing career. Uh, our, our condolences for your dear friend and your loss of your dear friend. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Frank. I appreciate it. The great Billy Burnett, everyone. Uh, wonderful musician. And uh, what, a, uh, what a career he's put together. But Fleetwood Mac, right? I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, it, it's it, Christy McVie. I mean, I think she was seventy-nine years old, so, which you know, let's let's face it, it's not old anymore. It just isn't. And I know all seventy-nine-year-olds aren't aren't um, created equal, but and and you know, different people deal with different diseases, and uh, but at um, uh, at the family's request, there's no reveal on the cause of death, but um, she hadn't been uh, well for for a long time, so I don't want to sit here and speculate. But she she wrote or co-wrote more commercial hits for Fleetwood Mac than uh, than either Stevie Nicks or uh, Stevie Nicks or um, or Lindsey Buckingham. Uh, to me, Christine McVie was the what uh, was the unsung hero of that band, and no pun intended. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing, but she just didn't get the uh, the press that uh, that either Stevie or uh, or uh, Lindsey Buckingham got, and uh, of course Mick Fleetwood has the name, you know it's uh, his name attached to it. But Christine McVie, rest in peace, and uh, what a what a career! I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about her as uh, as she just passed as she just passed. And Billy Burnett has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with Kiwi Kwan. Uh, amazing story, and uh, he is back in a wonderful film. Everyone must check this out. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, the, what a great story he has been. Of course, uh, so many memorable films when he was young, or a couple of key films, and of course with uh, a short round with uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom and Goonies, and then uh, he, long hiatus, came back, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and uh, and now everything, everywhere, all at once. He's terrific. Key, how are you? Frank, hi. It's great to be here. It's great to be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're back, and you're back in a big way. Everyone's excited about the work you're doing, and uh, you, give us a, a little overview about everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, you know, it's this amazing movie written and directed by the Daniels, who did Swiss Army Man. It stars, you know, Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's a science fiction action comedy drama about a family who are disconnected with each other and they have to travel far, far into the multiverse to find themselves. And and it really poses a lot of wonderful, you know, conversations about what would your life have been like had you made different choices along the way, a lot of what ifs. And uh, you know, and it's it's a it's a very entertaining original movie with a big, big heart. Yeah, it sounds terrific and uh it, you know, do you still get that um, that uh, pit uh, feeling in the pit of your stomach, the uh, the excitement uh, upon seeing it once you first see it after it's done, uh, is that uh, is that always there with you, even with the long hiatus, or is it even more so exciting to uh, to see your work once it's done now? I, I, I'm I'm sorry, Frank. Uh, I know this is recorded. If I can, can you start over with that question again? Uh, uh, I got a little bit distracted there. No problem. Uh, do you get uh, do you get the same type of excitement in seeing the finished product now that you did when you were younger, or is it more so now? Uh, you know what? I think it's more so because I haven't done it for so long. It's been more than twenty years. Uh, it, but then also when I was a kid and at, when I did Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I was not to, I was not allowed to watch playback. So the first time that I saw the movie was at our premiere, uh, and where it was fully edited with sound and music and I was blown away. Uh, and I fell in love with movie making and I fell in love with acting, um, and having not seen myself up on the screen for so many years. I remember watching everything everywhere all at once for the first time. I was nervous uh, and and I was excited. And then after it was over, uh, I was I, 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 I remember having feeling very proud and grateful to be gifted this amazing opportunity to play Raymond. 
Um, it's oh my god, you know, it's I, I, I'm 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 so happy. Uh, I'm finally, you know, uh, at a place doing what I want, uh, doing what I love. And, and really, it's just, uh, you know, to be a part of this movie, it's incredible because as an actor, you, you have no control over how well it turns out. And, uh, and, and to see this movie and to read all the wonderful uh, and, and hear and, and read all the wonderful comments from, from the critics and, and the audience, uh, it's really heartwarming. And, and I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm, I feel very blessed. Well, the critics, the fans, and your fellow actors, I, I think, are very happy for you. I, I, I saw different interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, different folks just welcoming you back. And I, it's got to be heartwarming. I, you're getting a lot of, uh, I imagine, a lot of well wishes and a lot of love from your fellow actors, too, welcoming you back to the, uh, to the game. Uh, that has to feel very good. It, it is. Uh, you know, when I decided to get back into acting, uh, I didn't know how the audience will react because the last time they saw me, I was a little kid, you know, and, and now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a 50 year old man. So I was hoping that they would find it, you know, fun and amusing and interesting to see me back up on the screen again. And in the last couple of months, you know, they have been so, you know, they have embraced my return with, with, with generous comments. Um, and, it's brought tears to my eyes many, many, many times. I think I've cried in the last two months, more so in the last two months than I've cried in the last 20 years. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's really, it's been, it's been really good, Frank. I'm very happy. Well, Key, you deserve all the all the accolades that you're getting. Uh, everyone that I know that knows you, and everyone that I hear that talks about you, they uh, they they speak uh, fondly of you now. But they also spoke fondly of you as a kid. I mean, it's uh, you know you you're you know kind of trial and baptism by fire you're with steven spielberg and george lucas and uh and and harrison ford and then the goonies and everybody involved there i i mean i that's a lot for a kid to handle uh how did you handle it i i assume you 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 figured hey this is going to be easy and and all these roles we're going to keep uh you know rolling in uh, it, it doesn't always work that way and uh, how did you feel coming out of that well, you know, when you when you start with Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, and then follow that up with The Goonies, two very popular movies, it's only natural uh, to think that you would have a wonderful career as an actor. Um, and and the irony is, uh, I didn't go looking f to be an actor. Uh, it, it found me uh, when when Steven Spielberg and George Lucas decided to have an open call at, at my elementary school. Uh, and I was very lucky, uh, as destiny, destiny would have it, you know, I, 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 I got offered the role. And, uh, and when I got older in my late teens and early 20s, when I did really decided to, to become an actor for the rest of my life and, and, and began seriously pursuing it, uh, it wasn't there for me anymore. And, uh, and it was tough uh, uh, for, for, for a long time when I was just waiting for the phone to ring and it rarely rang. I, and when it, and when it did, it wasn't an offer. It was only an opportunity to audition for a role that had 
two or three lines. Uh, if I was lucky, it might have it might be featured in two or three pages. Um, and and it wasn't fun anymore. It, it was really disheartening and, and dispirited. And um, and that's why I make that difficult decision to step away. Um, but you know, and then I you know I went to film school and I was content working with with behind the cameras all these years. I was fine. Uh, and it was not until 2018 when a movie called The Crazy Witch Asians came out. And and I realized, you know, time has changed. This was what I've been waiting for all these years, you know, the, the representation that we've been longing for for so long. I, and that was really when I started to seriously thinking about getting back, you know, returning to my roots. Um, and I was... You know, being an actor is tough, so I was prepared to, 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 to do a lot of auditions and to face a lot of rejections. And never in my wildest imaginations that I think first audition after 25 years, it was for this movie. Wow. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Can you imagine? Yeah. First audition. I walked in the room. I was really nervous. Uh, the Daniels were, were coaching me, were giving me directions while the camera was rolling. And all of a sudden, I had a flashback to when I was on the set of Indiana Jones, where the camera was rolling and Steven Spielberg was throwing out directions at me. See, Key, try this, she got that. And I felt, it felt very familiar. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was really happy. I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I want to be. This is where I belong. And when I got that role and heard that, Key, you are going to play Wayman. I was so, so happy. It, it, it's, you know, had you asked me if I wanted to win the lottery or win this role, I would have told you without a single doubt I wanted this role. Uh, and now the movie is finally out. Uh, we're very proud of it. And like you said, you know, the audience reaction has, has brought tears to my eyes over and over again. In, in fact, I'm getting emotional right now just talking about it. Well, listen, Key, congratulations to you. Thank you very much for being here. If you want to quickly leave us with a website or a social media site, please do so. If not, just congratulations and thanks for being here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm only on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is at Kiwi Kwan. Uh, I'm not on Twitter or, or any other uh, social media sites. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, please feel free to follow me. And, uh, and, and again, please go watch our movie. I, you will have a good time. We'll be talking about it as we let you go. Key, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Frank. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is the name of the film. And, uh, you know, again, Crazy Rich Asians and Go Way Back, Goonies and Indiana Jones. I think he uh, head of the class, too. He had a run there of, uh, of 20-something shows. What was that? The Howard Hessman show with Robin Givens. Let me do one season on there. But he, you could hear how grateful he is for his second opportunity here. Good for him. Terrific. He sounds like a you know very sincere man. And uh, hey, listen, cheering him on for sure. He was a cute kid, right? Short round uh, in Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford. And he's being directed by Peter, uh, by Steven Spielberg. And George Lucas is the, uh, you know, is, is the producer. Uh, not bad, right? And then, uh, and then Goonies, of course, uh, following that. Kiwi Kwan has been our very special guest. Check him out in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Tenzing Trainer is our very special guest and people know him from so many things, but Liv and Maddie for sure. Uh, his role is Parker on the Disney hit series, uh, you know, put him in the, in the spotlight. Uh, he's done you know, American uh, Housewives and, uh, you know, wonderful, uh, w- wonderful work throughout, uh, you know, whether it's voiceovers or in front of the camera. Uh, he's really made a name for himself and built an, an incredible career. His latest is on Netflix, and he it is upcoming, and everyone uh, well actually it's it's there it's uh, it's out there, and it's a comedy series called Boo Bitch, and uh, you got to believe it's not Disney uh, with that a name like that, but uh, everyone's got to check it out. It's getting rave reviews already. Tenzing, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here. And what can you tell us about Boo Bitch? Um, well, I can tell you a lot of things, and I can also tell you nothing at the same time because I want you all to watch it. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I'll give you the basic premise. It's about two um, high school seniors who basically live their whole lives in the shadows, not really exploring much or taking many risks. And uh, they finally decide to change that before they graduate. But when they do, Erica Vu, who is played by Lana Condor, wakes up the next morning to find out that she's dead. So then it takes place with her trying to navigate um, the afterlife. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, hey, very cool. Uh, you know, uh, listen, I, I, I know someone very well who's been watching and uh, and, and gets it. Uh, listen, you, you've really put together a really nice career. And when, uh, when you look at it, uh, it's a great starting point, and there's a lot of things in front of you. Is there is there anything that you really would like to do that you haven't had the opportunity yet uh, on screen, big or small? Um, yeah, there are so many things that I would that I would love to do. Um, but uh, like the main thing that the first thing that comes to mind is being a superhero. You know what I mean? Like what kid or young adult? Yeah. Or, or, or anyone would not want to play a superhero, you, you know? Um, I think that that would be so much fun, and that would be so cool. I watch all of those superhero movies, so I, I would definitely say that being a superhero would probably be the dream. Well, you've got a black belt. I think, if I remember correctly, it's Taekwondo. Uh, and I, I've seen, you know, different things with you with movement and, you know, you got the athleticism for it. So you got to step up on being a, a superhero. I don't know if that's ever come to mind, you know, the fact that you, you know, you're, you're the real deal here. You got, you have a black belt in martial arts. And I, I can't imagine that hurts during the filming of, of something, uh, whether it's Marvel or DC or, or something that involves a superhero. Uh, has that ever crossed your mind? 
Um, yeah, no, of course. I, I, I'm fully uh, ready and uh, willing to do that when when that when and if that were to um, arise. But you know, we'll see. I, my fingers are crossed. I'm I'm ready. So uh, um, yeah, we'll work on it. We're working on it. All right. Well, hey, listen. I think the sky's the limit for you. I know you grew up in Florida. Who was it for you as an actor, actress, performer? Who was it that that hit you originally and got you thinking, hey, I can do this or I'd like to do this? Is there anyone who stands out to you? Um, well, when I first started, I did not want to do it at all. I was such a shy kid uh, who did not like speaking in public, and that's why I was forced into it by my parents. Um, my dad put me into theater camp uh, when we lived in Florida when I was around eight or nine years old, and he put me into theater camp just to be, be able to speak uh, in front of large crowds. And um, when we moved to L.A., because my parents wanted to move back here because they missed it, I was like 10 years old, and my dad said, hey, he was, you know, he was not bad in the theater camp, so let's He's young, so let's throw his hat in the ring and see what happens. And um, within that year uh, that I was an actor, I had booked Living Natty. So things uh, moved very quick and were very unexpected. So I can't say that my acting career started from someone that inspired me. It was more me kind of stumbling into it and being forced into it. But I'm so grateful. I love doing it now. I, like it's, it's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, I, I'm, I'm almost like a workaholic. All I want to do is work, 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 work. I don't ever want to take a break just because I love doing it so much. Um, but to answer your question, I, I, I can't say that there was one um, artist that really inspired me to become an actor. It was all, it's very, it was a very unorthodox way of starting my career. I love your father's logic of why to join acting camp because you'd, you'd you know kind of be forced to speak in public, and not only uh, you specifically if you were that shy, but any kid could benefit from anything that has to do with that, any Toastmasters type thing, or anything where you're kind of forced to speak in front of people. I mean, it's it's got to be life changing. So kudos to your dad on uh, that. Let me, uh, yeah. it, you know, I, you you got to look at that as a a great logic behind it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, at the time when I'm eight years old, I'm, I'm uh, screaming and crying at them, please, please, please don't make me do it. But, but now let's think back on it, and yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for it. Listen, we, we got Boo Bitch in front of us, and uh, we are urging everyone to, to check that out. And, um, and, and again, I'm, I, I've got it on, on real good authority. It's, uh, it's absolutely terrific. Uh, what else do you have going on in your life? I know there's, uh, we're still coming down from a pandemic and coming out of lockdown and all of that. Uh, what's the rest of your schedule look like? Uh, are you set in stone, or is it, uh, are things kind of fluid because of everything that's going on? Yeah, um, well, you know, I'm still, always, I'm always looking for work, um, but I just, I'm, I'm working on a couple things right now that are uh, being kept quiet at the time. Uh, there is one thing that is out, though, it's called Abominable and the Invisible City. It's not out, out, but the news has broke on it. It's um, an animated TV show based on the animated film that I did with DreamWorks back in 2019 called Abominable. 
Um, they turned it into a TV show, so that should be coming out hopefully soon, hopefully sometime this year. But I can't, I can't exactly say when. Um, but yeah, that's that's what you can expect next from me. But other than that, there are a couple things being kept quiet, and uh, and and yeah. Tenzing, uh, congrats on, on really a wonderful career that you're putting together and good body of work. Also, a lot of talent there. Can you give us a website, a social media site uh, to follow along with what you're doing before you leave? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both handles are just Tenzing Trainer. Uh, uh, so, yeah, if you want to follow me, follow me. You can see what I'm doing. And if not, that's that's totally fine. Um, but if you want to follow, those are, those are where you can find me at. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Tenzing, uh, thanks for being here. We'll be talking about you as we let you go to your next interview. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Tenzing trainer, everyone. And his latest is Boo Bitch. And obviously it's not Disney, and uh, not Disney approved, probably, judging by the name. And it's on Netflix, and it's a comedy series. And, you know, again, so many people, kids, you know, young, young people know him from Live and Maddie. And that was a big Disney hit series. And, you know, the same group that, um, you know, maybe a little bit after, it was a little after um, Hannah Montana, but... Um, the the uh, Jonas Brothers, a lot of you know, a lot of stars made from the Disney series from that time period, and you know this guy is um, you know he's a handsome kid as you can imagine, and if you don't know uh, what he looks, he's a handsome kid, and uh, and uh, you know any anybody that Disney is putting on uh, for the most part has either a unique look or that uh, you know that cookie cutter. Uh, uh, you know, good look, uh, whether female, male, whatever. They, you know, Disney is a success factory. They know what they're doing, and you know they uh, grab again. They don't, they don't always hit, right? Uh, but you know, you got the Demi Lovatos of the world, and the uh, uh, who's the other one? Um, oh, but you know, I'm, I don't want to mix them up with Nickelodeon, like Victoria Justice. Right? She was on Nickelodeon, wasn't victorious on there? And I was always surprised she didn't hit it bigger. Um, Miranda Cosgrove was uh, wasn't Disney. That was uh, Nickelodeon. And, and by the way, she didn't uh, she didn't hit as big as as the Miley Cyruses and the Demi Lovatos and the uh, boy. I'm missing a name here, uh, but uh, another uh, another big name right in there. Oh, Selena Gomez, right? Them and the you know the Jonas Brothers. And, you know, I've run into a lot of these people at the Jonas Brothers wedding, uh, you know, and, and the prep work there in the middle of a snowstorm, too. Um, Kevin Jonas got married to Daniela and, uh, and uh, you know, all of these Disney. I mean, for all I know, Tenzing uh, was there. I don't know. He might have been too young. Tenzing trainer um, from Liv and Maddie. But, like, that whole crew seemed to be there. And, and it just looked like a, uh, a who's who of shows that my daughter watched. And uh, uh, Jonas Brothers, and you know, obviously they went on to make a fortune. Um, anyway, Tenzing Trainer has been our very special guest, uh, known as Parker on the hit series *Live and Maddie*, and, and you know him from *American Housewives*. And um, what was the other one? *Clueless*. It was in *Clueless*, the uh, show. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on *Breaking It Down*. 
This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with uh, someone we've had before. He's absolutely terrific, and I, I could watch him in anything, and I certainly could listen to him in anything, and we'll have our opportunity. Uh, it's uh, a highly anticipated, at least for me. I haven't heard uh, it yet, just little clips here and there, but the ballad of Uncle Drank is uh, is just a, an absolute uh, a must listen to the podcast uh, comedy and musical a lot lot going on there uh, Frank McKay here much more importantly Will Sasso is our very special guest Will how are you I'm good how are you thanks for having me yeah thrilled to have you and uh, if you can give us a little overview a lot of people uh, are excited about this hyped about it and I'm excited to uh, uh, start listening. Give us a little overview, if you don't mind. Basically, the Ballad of Uncle Frank is sort of a it's a scripted podcast from the gang over at Audio Up, and it's a, it's a narrative thing that follows the the adventures of this this character, Uncle Drank, who's a Gulf and Western country music star who was around in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and follows the story. And then he disappears for like 20 or 30 years and then comes back. Essentially, he's a vampire. He does not age. And um, he's, you know, kind of this Jimmy Buffett guy with, uh, you know, he's never wearing pants and his shirt is open and he drinks uh, blended daiquiri um, and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, from a blender voiced by Billy Zane. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a really weird uh, narrative podcast with a comedy Bent, obviously, and also it's it's uh, also this bizarre generator for country music. There's a lot of country music in the podcast and coming out of it in full, you know, full songs and EPs that are making their way out there into the uh, onto SiriusXM and and uh, everywhere the music streams. It's a really weird property. Yeah, it, it sounds terrific just from the uh, description, and I know like we're we're taught to kind of just focus on the uh, on the moment. But to me, it sounds very visual. Also, I, I mean, is there is there plans or thoughts uh, a, a talk uh, about it, it being a visual, either a series or a movie? None that I've heard, but but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it is one of those things that sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially like an old uh, radio play in a way. Uh, It's the theater of the mind, that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of, um, as I said, you know, Billy Zane is in it, Luke Wilson's in it, Chelsea Lynn, um, Kinky Friedman, a bunch bunch of country music people. So it's sort of with the, with the, it's sort of cast like a, like an animated show. Um, So there, yeah, it, it really does feel like it, could lend itself to uh, something more visual. So maybe down the line, you, you know what's amazing to me is uh, is 
is how much anticipation there is and how highly anticipated it is uh, to uh, to check it out. I've heard, you know, even before I knew I was going to be talking to you, people were uh, talking about this and and mentioning you and, and even people that, uh, you know, that I know a lot of people follow you, like uh, where you go, but a lot, a lot of people just kind of uh, picked up on it. And it's a podcast. And it'll tell you kind of where we are. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation about a podcast. And you mentioned the names that are involved in you and everything else. It just kind of uh, points out the change of where we are in society and how popular podcasts are. It's, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, podcasts used to just be a room full of uh, people talking over each other. And now it's graduated to uh, yeah to uh, other people talking over each other, but in a scripted and planned way, which I think is uh, important. So the people aren't talking over each other. Basically, everything in podcasting is moving towards the people not talking over each other. As soon as the medium... Uh, is is uh, allowing people to not talk over each other, then it will reach its apex of, of artistic, yeah. <laughs> of the artistic endeavor of the podcast. Yeah, you know, you mentioned something interesting. You said like the, the old days, you know, the radio uh, serials uh, type uh, type thing. It's it's true. I I mean, how do you go into it uh, as an actor, as a uh, as a voice actor? Are you kind of um, uh, is it the same mindset? Of uh, of doing a voiceover for an animated series, uh, is it that? I mean, do you go in as, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine uh, it's the same mindset as as you would go in uh, in front of the camera. But is, is it similar to um, is it similar to to coming in and, and voicing a uh, an animated series? Yeah, it's really exactly the same. Yeah, the only difference, of course, is what would happen afterwards with that voice and animation, it moves off and does its thing. And with this, you know, it, it still uh, goes off and does its thing. I don't record normally with the other performers in the show. So when I hear it later, I'm like, oh, you guys really, uh, you know, you really gussied this up. And there's there's a bunch of sound design to it. And like I said, the country music element. But yeah, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a very familiar Face, uh, just having done a little bit of cartoon stuff and voice voice acting, yeah, I'm basically going in there trying to get, you know, try to get each line and each run and uh, uh, to the best that we can, that we can get it and uh, to where they want it and uh, yeah, it, it's the same thing. Will, you always seem to have a million uh, balls in the air. Uh, if, if you can, give us a, give us an idea of what the rest of your year looks like, what uh, next year looks like. I know with uh, with COVID and just coming out of COVID, everyone's kind of either fluid or, or rock solid. Uh, how are you? Do you, uh, do you? Do you have a fluid schedule? Do you have a rock solid schedule? Um, how are you taking it uh, day by day? What's the rest of the year look like for you? I mean, you know, I'm working on this and that and that and this. I feel like coming out of the pandemic, sort of, it's starting to, it's starting to, to heat up again. It's been so interesting, right? And I mean, yeah. anybody listening to the sound of my voice right now would reflect on on their own uh, experiences coming out of the pandemic. It's no, it's no different in my goofy business. It, it's, uh, it's been a real period of, of readjustment. I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to. To, to you know, to now be getting back into uh, work, which is you know, like I love what I'm very fortunate to be doing what I do, and I, and I love what I do. So I'm glad that the business is still 
here for the most part until artificial intelligence takes over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, just, yeah I'm, working, I'm working on things, which has basically been the way that I've described my career forever. What are you doing? I'm working on things. <laughs> Well, listen, just keep doing what you're doing. You've put together an amazing career. Not only the body of work is there, but the, the quality within the body is just terrific. Uh, congrats on everything, uh, you know, not just Uncle Uncle uh, uh, Drank. But uh, if uh, if you can, give us a website, a social media site um, uh, before you go where we could follow along with you, what you're doing and anything else we should know about the ballad of Uncle Drank. Oh, cheers. Well, thank you for the kind words. And I guess you can just find me on uh, social media, primarily Instagram, at Will Sasso. And I'm on Twitter, but my Twitter got hacked oh. like two or three weeks ago. Haven't gotten it back yet. But if you're into, like, Russian crypto, go to my, <laughs> my Twitter because it's been hacked. But it's just at Will Sasso uh, in there, you know. Hey, Will, way to go. Thanks for being here. And I uh, can't wait to listen to you. Okay, cheers. Thanks for having me. Will Sasso, everyone. The Ballad of Uncle Drank. And uh, yeah, everybody knows uh, Will from, uh, you know, a million things he's compiled. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Shameless, Super Troopers 2, The Three Stooges. He played Shirley. Uh, Shirley, he played Curly. I'm sorry. He played Shirley. Uh, La Laverne and Curly. Uh, but The Three Stooges, he, he did a great job, actually, playing Curly Howard in uh, in, in the film. Um Modern Family, United We Fall, uh, American Woman, uh, Claws, Louder Milk, Hit by Lightning. I'm reading here. Um, Army of One. He had a great scene in um, in uh, in Two and a Half Men, and, and I mentioned that the last time I I talked to him. I thought it was just terrific. His delivery on it was great, and uh, it, you got to see it. It's uh, Charlie's ex girlfriend goes into the uh, studio, and he's the He's the engineer, and he's uh, he's listening to this horrible singing and just his expression. And and uh, and Charlie Sheen uh, uh, was uh, was dealing with some stomach issues, or whatever. Just just the way he handled it was just uh, it was was great. And uh, he really is a, a, a talented guy, funny guy. Mad TV. I remember him from Mad TV, and uh, you know I think he, you know he was uh, you know one of the breakout people on that. Uh, but the ballad of Uncle Drank, Drank, uh, it, you know, it also features uh, Luke Wilson, Billy Zane, and eight-part series looks back on uh, veteran uh, country singer Uncle Drank's exploits in the 70s, 80s, 90s, song score of satirical comedy, uh, musical numbers, again, I'm reading here, um, and it's, uh, you know, Apple and wherever you download great podcast, uh, Will Sasso. Everyone has been our very special guest, and uh, what a career he's put together. The Ballad of Uncle Drank, uh, eight-part series. Frank McKay signing off. Will Sasso has been our very special guest, and we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.